When was the first Mass ever celebrated? Last Supper, right? Jesus at the Last Supper offered the first Mass, uh, ordained those 12 apostles, priests, bishops, and offered the first Mass and gave the Mass, instituted the Mass. What about the second Mass? When was the second Mass ever offered? Today's Gospel. Today's Gospel was the second Mass. Some context to our Gospel. At the beginning, we hear that very day, the first day of the week. Well, this is Easter Sunday. Our Gospel is Easter Sunday, but in the evening. So in the morning, Jesus rose from the dead. And in the evening, there's two disciples walking away from Jerusalem. And as we heard, Jesus comes up by them and speaks to them. At that point, they don't realize that it is Jesus. And Jesus, he speaks the scriptures, Moses and the prophets, and then he interprets them to the disciples. What does that sound like? That's what I'm doing right now. We had the readings. And now I'm interpreting the readings to you, the homily. Um, you can imagine Jesus' homily is probably much better than the one you're hearing now. But you have, that's the liturgy of the word. That's what we're doing right now. And then they get to Emmaus, the village. And Jesus is about to walk on further and they say, Jesus, stay with us because day is drawing to a close. And so at table, we hear when they were at table with them, with him, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. Took bread, said the blessing, broke it, gave it to them. What does that sound like? What we do every Sunday, the liturgy of the Eucharist. You have the liturgy of the Word, the liturgy of the Eucharist, the Mass. In fact, at the end, the disciples recounted to the other disciples how Jesus was made known in the breaking of the bread. The breaking of the bread was one of the first titles, names that they had for the Mass, for the liturgy. It was the breaking of the bread. That's what the early church called the Mass. We might say, well, is that really the Mass? We didn't hear any about any incense. Didn't hear about the organ. There weren't any intercessions. Didn't hear about any ushers or a collection taken up. I don't know if Jesus would have been a good parish priest. Parish priests never miss an opportunity for a collection. But, you see, Jesus gave the disciples the Mass at the Last Supper. And then today we hear about him offering the Mass again. And again, Mass didn't have everything at that point that we have now, but it was the Mass. It had the essential characteristics of the Mass. It would take time for the church, centuries, slowly by slowly, to add the right prayers, the right rituals, the right gestures. All of those things would be influenced by the various cultures that the gospel encountered. It would take time. For example, they didn't have the whole Eucharistic prayer in the beginning. And so the priests would just kind of make up, say the prayers as best they could. And so in one town, you might have a more eloquent, charismatic priest, and he's, his, he comes up with some beautiful prayers. And a guy in another town realized, okay, I'm not very good at this, and say, hey, Father John over there, can I use your prayers? And so he would use those prayers too. And then over time, they become more and more organized and official. 
But it's important to realize that what we have here, the Roman Missal, with all the prayers that we say in for the Mass, Jesus didn't go up to the disciples and say, okay, here you guys go. Here's the plan. All right, you just got to follow this. Again, it would take time for the church to understand, go deeper, truly appreciate the Eucharist, the Mass. That's what it means, mystery. Mystery means in its fullest sense. Something you never fully grasp, but you go deeper and deeper into and try to understand better and better. That's why in our church, the Catholic Church, there's about 20 different liturgies, different forms of the Mass. You have the Byzantine liturgies, the Alexandrian, the Mozarabic, the Ambrosian, the Syriacs, the Armenians, the Coptics, the Maronite liturgies. Various religious orders actually have their own forms of the Mass. Why? Because the apostles would take the gospel to different places around the world, encounter different languages and cultures, and the liturgy would grow out of those cultures and within them. So there's many similar things we see in these various liturgies, but also some differences. But the essential part is always the same. Our liturgy is the Roman or the Latin rite. We belong to the Roman Catholic Church. Our liturgy developed out of the Roman culture in the Middle Ages and the Latin language as well. And so I like to say we can never get totally rid of Latin, right? Because we need it. It's part of our culture. It's who we are. But it's beautiful to see how God's providence works, that Jesus gives us the faith, the liturgy in its essence, but it takes time organically to develop. God uses us. He uses our cultures, our minds, our intellects to fully grasp and understand and to appreciate so that it can grow into its fullness slowly by slowly. It takes years for the Mass to get to the point to where we are today. Most of it, likely, the Mass will always need some refining and reforming here and there. But we believe, as Roman Catholics, that the Holy Spirit was always guiding the Church all these centuries, developing the liturgy, again, slowly by slowly. And so when things changed so abruptly, especially in the 60s and the 70s, We have to ask, like, was that really of the Holy Spirit or not? Some of you can attest to some of the silly things you experienced during those years. And now you start to see more and more, at least I do, I hope you see it, more and more of a move towards more tradition, more reverence, more sacredness. And not just here at Queen of Peace, not just in the Diocese of Duluth, not even just across the United States, but across the whole Latin, right, the whole Roman Catholic Church. In a sense, the pendulum swung so violently this way in the 60s, 70s, and slowly by slowly, you see the pendulum swinging back. This is where the fruit is coming from. You can judge a tree by its fruit. Where are the families with children? They're drawn more and more to tradition. I see it as a vocation director. The men, the young men that are coming to me, looking at, interested in the priesthood, are coming out of more traditional parishes. And what the mass of the Roman Catholic Church will ultimately look like in 50 years, I don't know. 
But I firmly believe, I trust in the Holy Spirit, that the Mass will become and get to a place where the Holy Spirit truly wants it to be. I believe that the Holy Spirit is guiding, was guiding, and always will guide our church. And ultimately, though, why does this matter? Because he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. It's at the Mass that we encounter Jesus. It's at the Mass that Jesus is revealed to us. It's important that the Mass expresses the fullness of that reality that Jesus is truly present. And so lastly, tonight or today, I just wish, I want to encourage us all to go to Mass more often. If we truly want to lead holy lives, we should go to Mass more often, even every day if we can. That's why we have our school children go to Mass every day. Christ, the Mass, is the center, the beginning of our school day, and it's bearing fruit. If we truly love someone, we want to be around them even more, as much as possible. How much more is that true of Jesus? If we want to lead holy lives, we should go to Mass more often, even every day. So I'd like us to think about this question. Is it possible for us to make it to Mass during the week, 8.05 a.m. here? Yes, we have work, and that can make it difficult, but maybe you can adjust your work schedule so that you can get to Mass at least once during the week. You have kids, yes, that can make it difficult as well. But for many of us, it's possible to make it to daily Mass if we make it a priority. We might have to wake up a little earlier. I'm thinking of our semi-retirees and retirees to come to Mass once during the week at least. So during the rest of this Mass, while we're praying, while we're offering the liturgy of the Eucharist on the altar, ask yourself, ask Jesus, Lord, can I come to Mass? Or even to tell him if you're pretty sure you can't, tell him why you can't get to Mass during the week to come even more. To come even once a week, watch it change your life. To go to Mass more than just we're obligated to. That's such a sign of love to Christ that, Lord, I'm not doing this out of obligation, but because I truly want to be with you and to worship you. I want to receive you in Holy Communion as much as possible into my soul. And when we come to Mass, we ask Jesus to reveal himself to us. We make an act of faith, and truly making that act of faith that Jesus is present and that I'm receiving him truly into my body, and my soul. And it's through faith that you encounter Jesus. He was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. He was made known to them in the breaking of the bread.